1: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida. KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon. KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit... www.xzbn.net
2: just so Every time you
1: do that thing you do. And welcome to the Exon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell and for the next four hours I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio. Let me see Star Cable and now on XZoneTV.com. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, TV.com and xzonetv.com. My guest this hour is Philip J. Imbrogno. We're going to be talking about the, ra- the reality of UFOs, amongst other things. And uh I, I asked Philip to join me on tonight's show because there's been a lot of talk lately about UFOs over China now uh, we have on our YouTube page a video that apparently many believe is that of a UFO. Well the reality of it now there's a strange word to hear in radio reality of it is that it is not a UFO. it is not a spaceship from outer space. it is not a spaceship from another dimension. It is not a spaceship from another reality. It is a terrestrial craft. It's that plain and it's that simple. Philip is a science educator and a leading expert on ufology and the Stone Chambers of New York. With Dr. J. Allen Hynek and Bob Pratt, he co-authored the best-selling Night Siege, the Hudson Valley UFO Sightings, published by Ballantine Books in 1986, and it is still in print, ExoNation, uh, by our good friends at Llewellyn. We're going to be talking to to Philip on the other side of the commercial break that is coming up on us very shortly about UFOs, about what he believes UFOs are. And I, I'm going to ask Philip for his opinion on the Chinese or the China UFOs that have been uh, rather frequent in the news, which is totally, totally... Um, Unheard of when it comes to information coming out of China. That's on the other side of this two-minute commercial break, Exxon Philip G. Ambrogno is my special guest. He has appeared on, let me see, Oprah, Geraldo, Regis Philbin, and Kathy Live. He's done network shows such as Dateline's NBC. He's done PBS, the History Channel, HBO, and of course, yours truly, the Exxon, as well as Coast to Coast. We're going to be talking about UFOs this hour, and if you'd like to join us, lines are now open at 1-800-610-7035. That's toll-free, worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website's www.xzoneradiotv.com. And if you'd like to watch and listen to the show live from our studios, www.xzone.tv.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the X Zone for Wednesday, July the 21st in the year 2010. Philip J. Brogno is my guest. When we return in two minutes, here in the X Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in.
2: You come from
1: a land under. Philip M. Brogno is my special guest to this hour, exonation. We're talking about the reality of UFOs. And, Philip, always great having you with us here in the Exxon.
3: Thank you, Rob. It's always a pleasure to be
1: back. Uh, t- tell me, Philip, uh, I, I know that you've been following the UFO sightings over China, and I was wondering if I could get your expert opinion on what you believe is actually happening.
3: Well, the first thing you have to realize is that it's almost impossible to get information out of China. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything in their, in their country is controlled by the government, the media. Everything has to go through a government panel before it's released to the world. Now, the fact is, is that these sightings uh, at the airport took place on July 7th, but they didn't really reach our country and the media until a week later. Uh, and so, you know, the Chinese government contained it until it can contain it no more. And they let it out because I feel that eventually they want the other countries of the world to know that they did have something over that airport, and they wanted to make an excuse for it. And um, the fact is, is that, you know, I've seen that video of the object, mm-hmm. and um, it, it did close down the airport for an hour after about 8.30, the 9.30 or so on, to 10 o'clock. And uh, there was something in the sky. People saw something flickering in the sky. And uh, there was a video taken with uh, an enormous plume, which doesn't even look like it was over that particular area, but uh, that was definitely a a ballistic missile. So, uh, you know, I'm more or less looking at all of these facts and listening to the chinese government first say that they found an explanation for it then they backed off and said that they didn't find an explanation mm-hmm. for it they're holding back on an official statement and everybody's coming up with uh, ideas of what this particular ufo was and some of them are contradictory now what i personally believe from looking at the data and looking at um... Um, some of the video and some of the reports and and doing some research in the background, um, um, I think that they had a ballistic missile that sort of like went astray, and um, they had closed down the airport obviously because there was something real up there. They said that nothing was tracked on radar, well, if it was high enough, it would, the radar would not pick it up anyway, even if they had something on radar they 're not going to tell you that they had something on radar so I'm looking at that video that's made the headlines there of that enormous plume. And let me tell you, you know, my background, you know, from MIT is in chemistry. Right. And one of the things that I've done in the past is, is, is part of my job, up, you know, what I was doing up there, was analyzing the way rocket fuels combust. And you can tell a great deal from the exhaust. And there's no doubt that this is a ballistic missile. And it, 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 it's it got a nitrogen tetraoxide oxidizer, and it's got a liquid oxygen fuel. I mean, there's no doubt about that, and that's exactly what that video is. And whether or not it's a DF-21 missile, I don't know, but the, oxi- the, the, the material, the propellant is definitely man-made in that video. And I think one of their missiles just got astray, mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of embarrassed about it. And they really, you know, want the world to know it was okay. You know, nothing, nothing went wrong that wrong. But the missile did go over an area where it's not supposed to be.
1: I thought missiles had sail uh, safes that all they have to do is uh, all they'd have to do is just, you know, pick up a uh, push a button, and away you go. The missile self-destructs.
3: Yeah, they do, but, you know, that's in certain types of missiles. But you have to remember that uh, so many missiles are fired Mm -hmm. during a a 24-hour period that sooner or later, you know, one of them is going to go uh, haywire and lose control and go where it's not supposed to go. I mean, the United States has Mm -hmm. done that many times and uh, always covered up for it, saying, oh, oh, don't worry, there was no danger of it exploding, and Mm -hmm. so on, and so on. And, you know, then somebody else is saying, well, what was on that video was actually a a Titan rocket that was going to fuel the space, uh, bring supplies to the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. So you've got reports that are contradictory. But, you know, my sources and my investigation tells me so far that those particular sightings were the result of a Chinese missile, a ballistic missile that they were testing, that the navigation, something went wrong with the navigation, and they controlled the situation, and um, they were keeping it quiet until they can settle the other governments of the world as to what it is. Now, what's going to happen with this is because this was a, uh, this was a secret launch, um, What's going to happen eventually is that these sightings are going to disappear from the media and you're never going to hear about them again. That's what the Chinese government seems to want. They want it to just disappear because they don't want people to know that they're making mistakes over there because it will allow other countries to scrutinize them more carefully. For example, you know, some of the North Korea, South Korea, the Russian um, Confederation and so on, thinking, yo, go China's launching these missiles and they don't have control over them? My gosh, you know, they're so close to our country. We're going to have to keep a closer look on these guys.
1: All right, let's go to our phones. We've got a caller. Caller, could I have your name and where you're calling from, please? Rob from Scarborough. All right, Rob, what's your question for Philip?
3: Yeah, this uh, sort of reminded me of that big squirrel that was up north uh, somewhere uh, last year.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, I remember that.
3: And uh, you know what? That's pretty perplexing. And they're saying that was the you know, a rocket, but I don't think so. I don't think that was a rocket. And that was covered up quite quickly. I think there was something else going up there with those swirls. Um, which, um, which was buried in the media quite mm-hmm. quickly. And one of the things that happens is that when especially the United States government makes a statement to most people as to what it is, people don't want mysteries that are not involved in this. They'd rather be secure in their life and saying, okay, that was the explanation for that. I will accept that.
1: Rob, what was your take on the story when you first saw it? Uh, did you think it was a UFO, or did you actually think that there was something else behind it? I actually thought it was a missile, not a UFO. Mm-hmm. The way that it
3: looked, and stuff like that, but usually UFOs don't leave a vapor trail behind.
1: That's that's true, isn't it, Philip? Uh, have you ever, during the research that you've done or the conversation that you had with Dr. Hynek, ha, has there been UFOs that have left vapor trails?
3: Oh, there has been. But, you know, the vapor trails are telltale signs of the combustion of the engines. Mm -hmm. And I have seen vapor trails in objects that are very thin that seem to be some type of residue that are not the product of a a propellant combustion. But this video was definitely man-made chemical rocket propellants being oxidized.
1: All right. Thanks very much for calling, Rob. Thank you. Bye-bye bye nice now. Day. You too bye. now. 1-800-610-7035, toll-free worldwide. This is the Exxon on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. Our guest is Philip J. Umbrogno. We're talking about the reality of UFOs. Why were there so many people worldwide, including the mainstream media, who were quick to show this this video footage that went viral over the internet? And there were even some mainstream media that were actually, you know, egging people on as if they believed it was a UFO.
3: Oh, for a while it was a UFO, and we have to remember that the U in UFO stands for unidentified. But um, now I don't think it's so much of a UFO as an IFO. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to remember that the media, especially the news media, you know, they know what interests the public and what's going to get the public's attention. So they will play up something like this for a while to get people to watch them or tune them in and so on to get their attention. And then later on, they will play it down and say, well, remember that? It was just ass ha-ha, you know, big joke. But they know what gets people's attention, and people want to believe, you know, that there are UFOs out there. But there are UFOs out there, things that can't be identified, but, you know, there are things that are said to be UFOs that can be identified. And many times, a good deal of the people who are into UFOs don 't want to believe that the uFOs are iFOs they want to continue to believe in the phenomena why well i think it's it 's almost like a religion with uFO people a i mean it 's like saying that god doesn 't exist or something, but you have to remember that every sighting everything in the sky mm-hmm. um, doesn 't have uh, a uh, 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 an unknown explanation. They're not unknown. Some things can be identified because, let's face it, the governments of the world, the, the world powers, have a great technology. And they're experimenting with a lot of missiles, they're experimenting with a lot of aircraft in certain areas. And some of these are seen, and people think they're UFOs because they really want to believe in UFOs, so they discount any explanation.
1: It sounds like a cult.
3: Well, it is like a cult. You know, I've been involved with UFO research for a very long time, and I can tell you that from the early 70s going into the Mm -hmm. mid-70s, going into the 80s and 90s, um, UFO groups have become almost like religious cults. I mean, I don't speak at UFO conventions anymore because when you get up there, it's almost like, you know, if you don't say exactly what the audience wants to hear, They start yelling and throwing tomatoes at you, you know, and yelling blasphemy, you know, and so on. And their big thing is you're not talking scientific. I mean, there's nothing scientific about the investigation of UFOs. So you really have to consider, the yes, that there are quite a few people out there involved with UFOs Mm -hmm. that, you know, view it as a belief more than an interest. And during the Hudson Valley UFO sightings, Uh, One of the things we wanted to do with the book Night Siege was to list people's names in there. No more Mr. J from so on and so on. There's actual people's names there, their jobs, who they are, Mm -hmm. and so on. Because we were trying to establish that credible people were seeing something truly incredible. The problem with that was is that after the book was published a good percentage of these people were visited by strange people who claimed to be carrying id cards claiming to be ufo investigators that freak these people out really? so i mean so this is what you deal with when you're dealing with the ufo phenomenon all right
1: philip i've got to deal with a producer who's telling me it's time to take a break please stand by for Great. the break with the news we'll be back on the other side as we continue talking about the reality of UFOs here in the x with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito or hash browns. Choose two for 250. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great news. For a limited time, you can get 1 month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. 1 month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today.
1: dot exxon radio tv dot com So, Nation uh, Philip Imbrognos, our special guest, and we're talking about the reality of UFOs. Why, you know, like before we went to the break, Philip, you were saying that, you know, people who go to these UFO conventions, if they don't hear what the crowd wants to hear, then you're basically booed. But how do they expect the truth to be discovered if they walk around wearing these rose colored glasses all the time?
3: Well, they don't. I mean, I don't think um, most of them are interested in the truth. I think they want the mystery to continue because it uh, it gives them something to excite for. And like, for example, some people say the greatest part of the mystery is solving it, mm-hmm. but also, you know, um, the greatest part of the mystery that keeps your interest is to keep the mystery going. Without the mystery, a lot of these people would have no interest in in, in the UFO phenomena if they knew uh, exactly what was behind it and and so on. You see, many of these uh, self-proclaimed UFO investigators, they have tunnel vision. And they're looking for one thing, alien craft, and they exclude everything else. And uh, this is one of the problems. But also, you know, I had a close association with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, and he told me a number of funny stories that involved um, the UFO community. And um, he had some embarrassing um, um, uh, cases, too. And we're talking about right now the the case in China. And if, if Dr. Hynek was still with us, I'm sure that he would have been called, like into CNN or something like that, to give his opinion on the sightings. And he would have been very conservative. But, you know, he told me a story once that there were these sightings in Italy. And he was called in by CNN, and he was in the newsroom, and they connected him with Italy, and the witnesses were talking, giving their descriptions of the UFOs in, it, in Italian. And they had a translator. And now this, this was going live on television, and uh, he asked a question. Well, what did the UFO look like? And the witness came back and said um, something in Italian, but the translation came across right on national TV, like a chicken. It looked like a chicken. And that caused a roar of laughs in the studio, and it went over the air. And he was so embarrassed with that that he really never did these live interviews again. So this is the, some of the things you face with um, with UFO investigations. Sometimes, especially with foreign cases, you never get this straight information um, from another country, especially a country like China.
1: I, I, I have a hard time trying to even fathom why the so-called UFO researchers and the so-called UFO experts refuse to to search or to search for the truth instead they want to maintain a conspiracy.
3: Oh, conspiracies are exciting I mean and and to be part of the conspiracy is even more exciting. Some of these people think actually that the government's tapping their phone and the government is actually you know following them around. Now, this is not all UFO investigators, but a pretty good percentage of them. And I keep on telling them that, you know, what you're doing is not that important to the government. You're not making that much of an impact. They wouldn't waste the time and the energy to follow up on you and and find out what you know, because you don't know that much. And this is, they find that insulting, because they want to feel important important enough that they have secret information that the government's tapping their phone, and so on. I've had a number of calls from people involved with UFO research that were afraid to talk on the phone because they thought the government was tapping their phone because they're involved with UFO research. I mean, although, you know, if there's a case like a a, a dramatic case and someone's involved in it, they may do some monitoring of, Um, the phone lines, the mail, Mm -hmm. email now, and so on, just to find out what's going on in the UFO community in relation to the sighting. But a constant surveillance, I believe, is is just not happening.
1: It it seems like it's almost paranoia.
3: Well, it is to a certain degree. And let me tell you, some of these people are very paranoid. They're accusing other UFO investigators of being in league with the United States government and being um, plants. And I was accused a number of times of being... um, a member of a secret member of a secret organization of the government planted in the UFO society to gather information to report to a secret secret organization or an intelligence organization. And I keep on saying, you know, no, I'm not. If I am, I'm not getting checks for it. I mean, give me a break. I mean, uh, you know, who am I to, to be the, to do this? But there is that paranoia out there. And it's all part of this conspiracy theory with UFOs that has developed, almost like a a virus or cancer that has grown over the years in the UFO community. And people are accusing each other of being government agents. And there's a lot of paranoia. and, and, And unfortunately, it goes against the research that's being done. This is why people like me... And a number of other people who are involved with research that are excellent researchers really do everything on their own and don't associate with any organization or any UFO clubs.
1: What what is your opinion of the Roswell, New Mexico crash, or alleged well, crash? Yeah,
3: you know, in in my book, Interdimensional Universe, I cover that. Um, that uh, there's a chapter called Roswell, the story that won't go away, mm-hmm. and you know, and one of the things I asked Dr. Hynek uh, about was Roswell, and I had him in a you know very relaxed, smoking on his pipe, and he was pretty open and honest to me on a lot of things, and I said, what about Roswell? And he looked at me and he gave me a look saying, Roswell is a sore that just won't go away. He believed that it was a a story that was told over and over and over again, that was exaggerated over and over and over again, and that um, also that he believed that uh, much of the Roswell UFO crash was invented to cover up a secret United States government operation at the time in uh, that area of New Mexico and uh, he believed personally that there was no Roswell crash. Now, I had to take this into consideration and um, and, and think, you know, you know, maybe he's right. And I asked him, well, what do you base that on? I know you did not go out there and investigate Roswell. He said there was no need to. He said, don't you think out of all the years that I've been with the government, the 20 years that I was a UFO consultant, and in his black book, he had contacts like you wouldn't believe. See, people in the CIA, people in the Air Force, colonel, general, so on, uh, politicians. He said, don't you think that over the years something would have leaked out to my direction about the reality of an alien crash at Roswell? I said, probably. Now, I put this asleep for you, put it aside for a long time, until... In the 1990s, after Dr. Heineck passed away, I was approached by a scientist who was actually um, diagnosed with cancer. And he had less than a year to live. And he called me, and I knew this person because he was a retired professor at MIT. And he said that back in the 40s, he was taken to New Mexico into a tent to look at technology that was recovered He wasn't told where it was from. He assumed that it was from World War II, that it was something obtained from Germany. But he said when he went into that tank, he saw metal that was so light that he put it in his hand, and there was no way to it at all. He had to press down on it and squeeze his hand to convince himself that there was something in his hand. It stood enormous pressure. It wouldn't bend. Mm -hmm and it didn't react to a metal detector, and his background was in uh, physics and electronics. He said he was taken to another section where he saw what he thought was a control panel, and back in 1947, he really didn't know what he was looking at back then, but he says he knew what he was looking at in the 1990s. He said it was the forerunner for our computer technology. Now, when I heard this story, I had to reconsider once again that the Roswell incident was a real event and that Dr. Hynek may have knew about it. But you have to remember, Alan Hynek was a government consultant for 20 years, and he still had connections with the government. There may be things that he was not allowed to talk about still. That's possible.
1: One of our listeners just sent me an MSN message wanting to know if you believe that the government is reverse-engineering UFOs.
3: I think that there's certain technology that has been obtained from some type of alien intelligence, whether it be extraterrestrial or interdimensional, I don't know, Mm -hmm. that the United States government is trying to um, duplicate. Um, For example... um, a number of diagrams were obtained um, about technological devices back in the 60s through an individual who uh, was a night watchman and also had was a, was a guard in a military establishment. These diagrams um, went through a number of universities and um, I can actually see certain technologies today like computer screens and so on that have been built on these diagrams. So I believe there's information out there that the United States government especially has obtained that is being used to increase technology. And if the story is true that I was told about this particular scientist being taken to a New Mexico crash site where there were tents and a number of different other scientists It's a very long, complex, great story. It's in my book, Interdimensional Universe. You have to consider, yes, they did capture some type of alien technology, and they did use reverse engineering to build certain um, uh, technological instruments and weapons that we have today.
1: Here's a question for you. What UFO case do you believe has the strongest evidence... For the existence of UFOs from other planets.
3: Well, you know, UFOs from other planets. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that they're extraterrestrial in nature. I mean, there are a number of cases. I would say that the uh, Socorro, New Mexico, uh, Lonnie Zamora sighting right. is pretty convincing. And you know that when I Dr. Heinig said that that was one of the cases that um, the straw that broke the camel's back. That was one of the cases, and a number of other cases were the ones that convinced him that UFOs were real and not the subject of somebody's imagination. Personally, I think the most compelling evidence of the UFO phenomena being real is the Hudson Valley case, because you had so many high-quality witnesses that had close encounters with an object that totally terrified them people who would not run and scream UFO aliens unless they were sure that they saw something very, very out of this world.
1: Why then do you believe, if all this evidence is out there, all these people are seeing what they believe to be UFOs, that the governments of the world are suppressing the information. Why doesn't the government of the United States or Canada just come out and say, listen, they're here. It's that plain. It's that simple. They're here.
3: Well, you know, first of all, the number of people that um, uh, wouldn't be able to handle it, they believe, they're admitting that there's something going on that they have no control over. Mm-hmm. The uh, governments of the world, the governments of, of the United States and Canada and in the European Union, they're supposed to be protecting the people. And I don't think they're going to come forward and admit openly that there is something up there we have no control over it people, so lock your doors at night because if it shows up, they're going to get you, and there's nothing we can do about it. But you also have to remember that when we talk about the government, governments are big organizations. Mm-hmm. I believe there are small departments in the governments of the world that have all the UFO information, and they keep most of it secret um, um, to themselves and, and, and work on it and and. And, and many congressmen and many governors and senators and so on are completely ignorant of what they know. Maybe even the president of the United States is, is left out of the loop.
1: Stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Always great talking to you, Philip. Thank you very much for joining us tonight here on the X-Zone. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. If you'd like to send an MSN message, X-Zone Radio TV at hotmail.com. Email address xzone at xoneradiotv.com and our websites www.xoneradiotv.com and www.xonetv.com, where you can watch the live feed right here from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Philip Imbrogno and I will return on the other side of this commercial break. So, whatever you do, don't go away and don't get abducted by aliens. Philip Brognos, our special guest this hour, as always, Phil. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Great pleasure talking to you. How do people know, or what can people do? How can people justify what they see in the sky that might that might trigger the automatic reflex of something having to be a UFO from another planet? Are are, are there any little telltale signs that they should look for?
3: Um, you know, there are a lot of things. Most people don't look up to the sky, first of all, anymore. <laughs> and there uh, are and a lot of things going up there that they're not familiar with. People have reported satellites, the planet Venus. They're still mm-hmm. being reported as UFOs. I mean, I just got a report the other day. Somebody told me that there was this bright star like object in the West and it just hovered there and it just moved around a little bit and it stood there for a long time. And I tried to convince them that they were seeing, looking at the planet Venus, but they wouldn't accept that they were looking at Venus. And I said, well, just look to see if it's there the next night. If it's if it's there the next night, you know, if it's not there the next night, which you saw, you know, call me. Well, they never called me, so it must have been the planet Venus. But, I mean, lights in the sky, you really can't tell what they are. But if you have a close encounter, something comes right over your head, you know, the size of a football field or something, which there are reports of, um, you'll be convinced that you saw a UFO, but otherwise nocturnal lights in the sky are primarily not even investigated anymore because they could be anything with all the satellites up in orbit and junk.
1: Do you think that the government of the United States is currently conducting a covert um, investigation into UFOs?
3: Oh, well, I'm positive of it. I mean, because... Um, you know, um, back in the 80s, during the, the peak of the Hudson Valley UFO, I was, I was contacted by the Air Force. And, um, it's it, you know, they were collecting information about the sightings. And it was obviously they were very concerned about the sightings. And I was on the phone with a major from Massachusetts, um, and he was collecting information from some, you know, from a higher source. And um, uh, there's no doubt, I mean, Um, Obviously, the Air Force says officially they stopped collecting UFO reports in 1969. So why is this fellow calling me in 1984 um, interested in UFOs for the United States Air Force? I mean... They are still collecting information. There documents that proves that the intelligence organizations in the United States, especially naval intelligence, is still actively involved with the collection of UFO reports and the investigation
1: of UFO reports. As always, Phil, as I said, great having you on the show. Look forward to the Thank next you. time when you're on with us. Thank you for being you and for all the great work that you've done over the years, and uh, keep it up. You're welcome. All right. Philip Ambrogno has been my guest this hour, Exonation. He is the author of several books. They're available by going to Amazon.com or checking out Llewellyn's website at www.llewellyn.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break mm, after the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past as the Exon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.